Hello everyone, I'm Jamie Sims and from points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of December 8th, 2011. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by my fellow Disneyland correspondents, Wayne Toigo, Nancy Johnson, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Tony will have his review of Mrs. Knott's Chicken Restaurant, and Nancy will share some holiday activities going on around Southern California. All that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. How's everyone doing today? Great. Excellent. Excellent. Good, getting ready, getting ready for Dizapalooza. Oh, is that coming up? Yeah, and and can I up. say that? Can I say that three of a, three out of the four of us will be there? We're sorry, Tony. So if you see us at the event, please come and say hi and introduce yourselves. And and we don't bite, really. We don't. Okay, maybe Wayne does. I'm gonna stuff Tony in my backpack. There you go. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, thank you. I've I've lost a few pounds, but not even close to. I wish some did. Okay. Actually, hey, Wayne, rumor when, the, has- when the show goes up, I will already be in Orlando, and I think Wayne will, too. You, well, you'll be packing still, right, Nancy? Yeah, I leave out Thursday night and get there Friday morning, okay. so yeah. Um, so oh, wait, I'll be working. I just wanted to remind you guys that. <laughs> you know, working is a good thing. <laughs> Somebody's got to hold down the fort in yeah. California. Darn tootin'. And hey, Wayne, I heard a rumor that you might be uh, dressing up for Dizapalooza. You know, stranger things have happened. It is, after all, Hogwarts. <sighs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I stand have, on the I other side. I have been side. known to dress for these events. <laughs> I'm going to need to spike my butter beer. Amen to that. Alright, uh, in housekeeping, we'd like to thank Jamie Sims for sending in our intro today. If you'd like to get your intro in... Send that to dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. Yeah, Jamie's all excited about having his ready. He says he's going to play it and, and get lots of girls with it. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess girls in England have lower standards. I don't know. <laughs> More easily impressed. I guess. Uh, does anybody else have any housekeeping? I have a tiny one. Um so, did anybody see the Muppets movie, the new Muppets movie? We talked about the Muppets a little bit last week. Yay! Do the hands. <laughs> I, think yes, no. a, I think that's a no. Yeah, no. No, no? that was a yes. That was oh, a yes. Okay. You saw? Okay. Yeah, oh okay. my God, my girls loved it. Okay, so what I wanted to bring up is, did you notice the new logo at the start of the movie? At the very front end, when they're okay. showing the castle and Tinkerbell is flying over top, did you notice the new title? It is no longer Walt Disney Pictures. It's really? just Disney. Huh. Apparently this is a change. Weird. I've been seeing a couple of write-ups about the continued push to... Essentially, I want to say downsize. That's probably not the correct term, but they're, you know, just like we saw with California Adventure, it's no longer Disney's California Adventure Park. It's now Disney California Adventure. And from what I've been reading, Walt Disney Pictures is now going to go under the moniker Disney. Period. Wow. 
Anybody else have any housekeeping? Power of 10, Tinkerbell Huff Marathon Challenge, Yay. me and a 2-2, and wings were up to $1,132. And to be honest, I have not been running as intensely as I was before. So my even be more entertaining. I This weekend I have to do a long – I haven't done a long run in a while, so i I got to get back on the ball. But it's cold outside in the morning and it's dark. Well, It'll warm you up. Thing. Go, Tony, oh. go. Yeah, it does. It's the problem of me getting out of bed is the issue. Oh, <laughs> Well, I'm going to be sitting down the next few weeks and trying to organize, officially organize our little cheering section for you. So, um, if anybody wants to buy Give Kids the World t-shirts off of their website and support Give Kids the World that way also, we'll be wearing Give Kids the World t-shirts to support. Yay. Cool. Right. Um, we had talked about candy canes. I don't know if it was last show or the show before. The candy canes this year, the homemade, house-made candy canes, the homemade, handmade, there we go, handmade candy canes, went up in price to twelve ninety-five this year. Three bucks. I know. But, and, and read increase. the other one. Read the other part of that. I deleted the other, the other part, part of, of that. Is, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the other part of that is um, that... Uh, people who stand in line for the tickets only are going to get one. Right, you're only allowed it's to buy one. It's one candy cane per person, not two, like it's been in years past. And they will have a wait, li- a standby waitlist line. And again, those vouchers are handed out at the main gate and not at the candy shop this year. So you have to get there before park opening. Yep. Does anybody else have any last last housekeeping? No, other than I get to do something really cool next weekend. I get to go to an open house at DreamWorks over on Flower Street. Ooh. So I'm, I'm really excited and looking forward to that. So so there we go. Are you going to do that if you're at Dizzapalooza? No, actually, I, by the time we're at Dizzapalooza... You'll have gone and... I will have already gone. Okay, going, it's like flashback. We're going to days after we It's like deja vu. So. I'll be getting prepared to go to work... On Monday. <laughs> Poor Tony. No. I'm just okay, Tony. Just for that, I'll let you do the news. Go ahead. Okay. We'll get we'll get more exciting with the news as we go on. Ooh. So build up. Okay. Yes, we'll build it up. So, the Disneyland Resort has received an award for philanthropy. The Orange County Community Foundation recently handed out three awards, including one to the Disneyland Resort during its annual meeting. The foundation works with local groups, businesses, and other clients to manage funds, giving about $29 million in grants and scholarships this year. The foundation chose the Disneyland Resort for its leadership in providing scholarships and grants in the community. The foundation manages the resort's Volunteers Community Fund, which gets money from employee payroll deductions. Since it started in 1997, the fund has collected $5 million in pledges and awarded $4 million in grants to groups, such as Working Wardrobes and the Boys and Girls Club, according to the foundation. The foundation's president said, This is not just about the corporation giving back, but all the people who make up the Disneyland team. Disneyland Resort President George Calagridis accepted the award during a luncheon this week in Newport Beach. Okay, I have a question. Did anybody notice the foundation manages the resort's volunteers community fund? So, are they giving an award to the group that they manage? <laughs> oh, jeez. No, no, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, I'm going to read it. I'm going to say it again. The foundation manages the resort's volunteers community fund, and that's the foundation that gave them the award. 
I'm not trying to be negative or anything. I just found that as a, hmm, interesting. Everything's so incestuous with all that stuff. Well, keeping that in mind, Nancy, I'm going to give you an award. I'm going to give Tom an award. I'm going to give Wayne an award. No, I, as I was reached, as I was looking at the story, that jumped out at me and it's very easy to gloss over, but I just, congratulations. I'm just happy to be nominated. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Okay, so there's the first one. Nobody died. Oh. Adios tortillas. Hello chocolate. Yes, the rumors were true. Chocolate samples will replace free tortillas when a new Ghirardelli soda fountain and chocolate shop opens in Disney California Adventure. Disney officials have confirmed. Yes, about time. The Ghirardelli will replace the former Mission Tortilla Factory and open in late spring. The shop's design will be similar to the one at Downtown Disney in Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Of course. This just yeah, of course. This just seemed like another natural extension of that," said Kim Howe, marketing manager for Ghirardelli Chocolate Company Restaurant and Retail Division. It made a lot of sense. We're very excited about it. The Ghirardelli Company started in 1852, and owners of the historic Ghirardelli Square in San Francisco plans to retain the San Francisco feel of the Pacific Wharf area of the park. The addition of a world-renowned brand like Ghirardelli highlights our focus on providing quality, immersive experiences that transport our guests to a different place, in this case to San Francisco, said Mary Niven, vice president of Disney California Adventure. The new shop will hand out free Ghirardelli Squares chocolate samples as well as sell products. The fountain will feature popular sundaes topped with fresh hot fudge that is made fresh daily. The location also will include some Disney-like features, which the company is still working on. The shop at Disney California Adventure will be the lone Ghirardelli location in Orange County, Howell said, Another soda fountain and shop runs in San Diego, while an outlet is in Ontario. I'm just wondering how they're going to control people not from camping out, getting chocolate <laughs> after chocolate after chocolate. Coming depends back if they the line. The, <laughs> depends if they serve the little squares with the raspberry filling. <laughs> those are your favorites? Then you're Absolutely. <laughs> I like the caramel ones. I want those some those are good, too. <laughs> I, I think... It's going to be so popular, especially compared nothing against the Mission Tortilla Factory, Nancy. I know you liked it, but chocolate versus tortillas, come on. Oh yeah, it's it's. Well, you know, if they don't, if they give a free bag of you know a dozen chocolates out for your birthday, that I was thinking that the might same completely thing. win me uh, win me over. But I miss I miss the birthday tortillas. And you know what? If they didn't give out a free sample, I think there would be a lot of people up in arms. But think about well, I mean, take away gonna, our free samples. Yeah, but the, you're going to get that free sample, and then you're going to go into the place and buy a hot fudge sundae. They're well, going to make it back want. like it's nothing. Whereas the mission, I always thought the Mission Tortilla Factory should have been offering some kind of now order a quesadilla or something. I always thought that was kind of weird. How is that going to f- affect the Lucky Fortune cookery right there? Because isn't it attached? I don't think it'll building? have any effect. It's part of the same building, though, isn't it? Well, they do share. A, they did share a kitchen, but you got to remember too that with Ghirardelli, most of the ice cream stuff, you know, their ice cream isn't made on property. So yeah, they're going to have to have seating area. And... Yeah, well, that's that's a big space in there. Yeah. I mean, if you take out the hole where you had to go through and then come back and then walk down between the machines, that's a big space. And remember, it's just a shop. It's not a whole factory. Well, but aren't they kind have, of, it's not. It's not going to be a tour anymore, right? 
right. there's no reports about that, so but, I'm going to guess no. But if they're serving hot fudge sundaes, they're going to have to have some place to sit down and eat them, correct? Well, yeah. But there's tons of places, and and you got to figure, you know, they took out the um, once that construction wall goes down, and they took out those big flower um, flower silos. You know, that they could possibly go out there for some outdoor seating. I'll stand if I have to. I mean, there's lots of outdoor seating, and with all the yeah in that area, but uh, yeah, I guess you could do outdoor seating. Yeah, I think there's seating in there. Did they say when it's going to be opening? Late, Late spring. spring. Before Late spring. all the big stuff, yeah. Okay. I, I cannot see myself as an annual pass holder who goes to both parks not ever going there for ice cream. For a hot Agreed. Like, like Absolutely. How could I, if I know that there's one right there, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, well, I know they're redoing all the shop stuff, but how could I not go there? I, I don't. I know, and they at are really, for, really good. At least for the free sample. Yeah. Okay, and finally, speaking of rumors, NBC Universal is planning to expand its Los Angeles area theme park with a section devoted to the Harry Potter franchise, according to several reports, hoping to repeat the success of the similar attraction in Orlando. The new Harry Potter addition to Universal Studios Hollywood will likely resemble the one in Florida, which includes a Hogwarts castle, roller coasters, and several Potter-themed restaurants and shops including Hogsmeade Village, complete with a Honeyduke's candy store and Zonko's Joke Shop, found in Florida. Forbidden Journey is another reported likely addition. Universal Studios Hollywood doesn't have much additional room, which means planners will have to tear down existing attractions or expand outside the theme park's traditional boundaries to make space for Wizarding World. Universal's 20-year vision plan calls for the replacement of the Terminator 2 3D attraction and the Waterworld stunt show. Make your inferences, if you will. Universal reportedly spent between $200 million and $265 million on the Florida Wizarding World, and they're hoping that this time there will be fewer startup costs because the West Coast would get a carbon copy of the East Coast version. Announced in 2007, the Florida version was originally scheduled to debut in 2009, but ended up taking three years to complete. So it's expected to see the new Harry Potter at Universal not until 2014 or 2015. And discuss. Go ahead. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. Just Being wow. The, I, think, I think that we need to first um, identify a lot of listeners who have ne- maybe never been to Universal Hollywood, but maybe have, who have been to Universal Orlando. These are two very, very different parks. Um, you have to remember that Universal Studios Hollywood is the real Universal Studios property. There are ba- working backlots, you're constantly avoiding um, filming in different areas, and the sucker is built on a hilltop into a canyon. So there are actually um, outside escalators that take people up and down through the park to get from one level to the other. So this could be cool, this could be not cool, depending on where they put it and how they put it. A couple other little things. I mean, I can see a really neat vision if you're going up that escalator from the bottom, from the canyon up to the top level of the park. You know, seeing Hogwarts on the hill as you come up. That would be really cool. Should Disney be worried? I think so. I think they should be. Because I know there's going to be people, well, their concern should be 
the those three day people that come to Southern California to go, I'm going to do Disneyland for two days and then something else, or I'm going to do Disneyland for three days. Yeah. They might be thinking of one day, especially if they're coming from up north anyways and are passing by it. Yep. Tom? Staying over there. I was just going to ask, what what do you think Disneyland's response to this is going to be? And I know it's not going to be the Ghirardelli shop. <laughs> well, Cars Land is the obvious. Yeah. First or, space, or, or is or is this a response to Cars Land? Ah. It probably is a response to Cars Land. I don't think it's a response at all. I think I think this was probably on their game plan all along. They were just sitting back to look at how successful Florida is going to be. I don't think Disney, this is going to threaten Disney at all. The ones I think that are going to really be worried about this this move is Knotts and Magic Mountain. Those are the ones that are really going to suffer because you're absolutely right. Now folks that have that extra travel day, that have that extra thing that they want to do while they're vacationing in Southern California, now suddenly there's a much bigger reason to go to Universal than to, say, spend the afternoon at Knott's or to go all the way up to Magic Mountain or even down to San Diego for the day. But I think I Magic a- Mountain won't be affected as much because Magic Mountain draws a completely different crowd than any of the actual true theme parks. Completely agreed. I'm going and- to disagree a little bit with you, Wayne, just from my own personal experience. I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. I'm not against it. I, I'm just not a huge fan because I've never read the books or gotten in the movies. But my family is a hu- are huge fans. And the last time we went to Disney World... A specific day was set aside just to go to – they went to Universal, and all they did was Harry Potter, Wizarding Worlds, and we're huge Disney fans. So my thinking is that there are going to be families that come and say, let's waste it. Let's not do one day at Disney. Let's get rid of one day and go to Harry Potter because I think that draw is so huge for the f- people that love it so much. That's just my own personal experience with it. You- you know what? I know what we're definitely going to see, and I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the first one to predict this. We're going to see the end of buy a day, get a year free at Universal. Universal. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All those great deals are going to be gone. I think. Yep, and I can see you know um, annual passes going up in price. So, because right now an annual pass, if you go anytime for the rest of this year to Universal, it's Buy the park ticket that day, seventy nine bucks. You get all of two thousand twelve free. Wayne, you mentioned that Knotts you thought was going to be the big, um, the the park that really gets hurt the most, and I would I would agree with you there, because of the age of the kids. Where Magic Mountain is kind of the cool teenagers that want to ride scary rides that I'm too wimpy to ride, but um, I could see Knotts having to. They already have a lot of discounts. I could see them having to have even more discounts. Yeah. Um, not, not still plays to the regular theme park crowd. The, the mix of rides, shows, attractions, family-oriented. This is the same audience that Universal gets. Yep. It'll be interesting to see, too, how City Walk, which is their, their downtown Disney, like, like Southern California's one, small, um, if it, how it will handle these crowds? Because to me, if if they're going to do the same thing, Universal's going to all of a sudden go from I don't want to call it a niche park, but 
one that I've never seen super crowded all right. of a sudden have crowds that I don't think I just from my own experiences there. I don't it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Let me put it that way. Now you mentioned one option of where it may go uh, for those of you familiar with the park, any speculation on where it would go? Okay, there's, let's see. There's, Where's there's Terminator? Is it Terminator up or Terminator down? Terminator's was, up. Uh, Terminator's okay. at the far end, and that's actually that. That's actually not a bad venue for this. Here's the way I would look at it. Don't look at what's available. What's the oldest attraction? attractions in the area because we know how Universal does shows. We did know ever, how Did they ever replace the the ET building? No, that's now the Mummy Ride. Okay, that's the Mummy Ride. I haven't been since before I had and, the kids. And the whole sound uh, experience is being retrofitted now. We know that Simpsons is still fairly new. Yeah, that won't change. What what show is in a corner that has been around a while and might be due for a contract renewal based around water? Well, Water World I, was mentioned in the article, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. See, yeah. That, that, that one's been around long enough. And, isn't and it, po- isn't it still popular, though? Yeah, Just no, like the I, Wild West show seen. was eventually retired because the contract was up. It might be time for Waterworld. Yeah. Terminator is a static show. It does have live performers, but it's got a theater, and I'm not saying that's not impossible. But remember, they, they mentioned that part of the 20-year vision, I don't know when this 20-year vision started, was the replacement of Terminator 2 3D. So that's another you possibility. Know. You never know. It might. See, I, it would, might- I would find it hard knowing how it's basically almost like two pieces of a park with these big escalators in the middle. If you put Harry Potter on top, who would ever go down? I mean, I would, not because I'm against it. No Harry Potter fans get well, angry people at me. Go down, but, people go down for Jurassic Park. Yep. People go down for Mummy. Yes, but once the greatest part of the park, by leaps and bounds, is now up, I could see there being less traffic going down because you're already there to me well, this is like, like all of a sudden I'm a you still get traffic in the in the whole rest of the area it's not like harry potter in florida took all the traffic away from the whole rest yeah. of the park plus you have to go down to get to the studio tour to begin with and that's one of the the mainstay attractions at universal hollywood the, the, okay because you've got to get down, you have to go all the way down to get to the trams, and then the tram buildings are down there. You've got um, King Kong go is down the there. Down. No, you don't have to go all the way down. You go to a mid-level to get oh, to the Oh, okay, that's down. right, that's right, that's right. And then way down at the bottom where Jurassic Park and uh, Mummy are. Interesting, interesting stuff. It'd be interesting if they built it, if they really did utilize the multi-levelness of that, of that facility. And that's got to be really cheap. They can afford that. <laughs> <laughs> Build it on the side of the mountain. Yeah. And that's the news. Thank you, Tony. It's time for Rapid Fire, my favorite segment of the week. Uh, let's I'll go first. Okay. Why not? <laughs> she, 
She didn't even give you a chance to offer to go first. Jump in there. Nancy, why don't you go? Ooh, thank you, Tom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, mine's really brief. I will start out by saying, what have we always said was our favorite part of the Sensational Parade? The end. The end. (laughs) When it was over. (laughs) No, No. the drum line. The drums, yeah. Oh, I was going to say the the finale float, but yeah, that's a favorite part. Well, the entertainment folks at Disneyland have gotten smart. They are utilizing these great performers in a small mini street party of toy soldiers that are going to be performing throughout the holiday season. So apparently they're going to have them just kind of appear and do little performances with uh, holiday tunes and all kinds of, you know, playing to the crowd and and standard drumline coolness. So, and they're called, uh, I believe they're called the Santa's Toy Shop. And they're dressed like little toy soldiers, which is kind of cute. That sounds great. That's cool. And it was brief, only a minute. Good job. <laughs> I timed. Nice. <laughs> All right, I'm going next. Magic morning hours that are available to those people with multi-day passes are being extended during the holiday season, or actually the week between Christmas and New Year's. Normally, Magic Morning Hours are Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, but they are add, and this is, Magic Morning Hours are one hour before regular park opening, and they are adding Monday the 26th, Wednesday the 28th, and Friday the 30th as Magic Morning Hour days also. Um, and another change Sunday, which would normally be Magic Morning Hours, Sunday the 1st is not Magic Morning Hours, and instead it will be Monday the 2nd. So those are all changes to Magic Morning Hours for the holiday season. Very cool for everybody staying in a resort or having multi-day tickets. Exactly. And let us go to Tony, you're next. Okay, annual pass holders, you can win a weekend getaway to San Diego thanks to the House of Blues. APs that come to the House of Blues Anaheim in the downtown Disney district before January 1st, 2012, and if they show their annual pass, they'll be entered in a chance to win a two-night stay at the Courtyard Marriott in the Gas Lamp Quarter downtown San Diego, local brewery tour of San Diego for two, dinner for two at the House of Blues San Diego, as well as two VIP seats at the House of Blues San Diego for a show of your choice in January or February based on availability, and a House of Blues welcome basket. Oh, basket. Yeah. Uh, The trip must be taken during January or February 2012, and you must be a current Disney annual pass holder, 21 or older to enter, one entry per pass holder, and it ends on December 31st, 2011. And again, you must take the trip in January or February 2012. If you win, it says no purchase is required. So I'm guessing I can just go up there, hey, here's my pass, and enter. Yep. Okay. Why don't you try it so, next time you're over there? I'm going to now. I am going to try it. There you go. And okay. who are you going to take me if you win? Of course. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne, rapid fire. We reported last week that the e-ticket pool was completed and open. Well, now it appears that, for the most part, the construction, refurbishment, and upgrade of the Disneyland Hotel is now completed. The construction walls have been removed, all the new pools are opened, and all the rooms now have their new look. 
There is still some final detail work being completed, but at this point, the newest Disneyland hotel is ready to go. You can now walk from one end of the e-ticket pool under the pedestrian bridge and on to the monorail water slides and the pool area. The bridge that connects Tangaroa Terrace to the Goofy's Kitchen area is complete um, and open. Landscaping over the entire area is completed. There's now a new lawn area at the far end of the frontier, frontier tower at the site of the old Dancing Waters and Fantasy Waters shows. I'm happy to see that the Dancing Waters backdrop wall was retained and has been relandscaped. So once again, I can stand in the area where I once cleaned the fountains for that show. <laughs> <laughs> New signage has been installed for each of the towers, and they look just great. The hotel main lobby and registration front desk have received a very modern upgrade and a completely new color scheme. It's it's bright blue in color, and I see a bit of Mary Blair in the design. Yeah, it's all over. Spe- well, There's because it because it's the Fantasy Tower. Yep. It looks of, really cool, yeah. and they're still finishing some details in this area. Uh, outside the Fantasy Tower, where the hotel's main entrance is located, that has also received an extensive facelift, and it's also complete. The 50s style is gone, and the new look is, its again, very modern. There are also some new fountains on the outside of the main entrance, and the bronze statues of Mickey and Minnie who were in the lobby are now outside and greet guests as they enter the hotel. There are new trees everywhere, especially palm trees that have been planted all over the property, and new direction and information signs have been installed. New artwork is being installed on the walls all over the property. And at this point, if you've been waiting for the construction at the Disneyland Hotel to be completed, now is the time. All the heavy equipment is gone. The construction walls are all gone. The whole property looks normal again. Yay. Yay. In late In late 2009, Disney had announced that all the towers will be renovated, and in May of 2010, Disney announced the renovation of the pool, dining locations, and rethemed hotel rooms. It's been a long time coming, and it looks like it's finally here. I haven't heard if there's going to be any kind of a rededication ceremony, but I dare say that the Disneyland Hotel will once again take its place as the signature hotel property for the Disneyland Resort. And I couldn't be more pleased. Awesome. We are done with Rapid Fire, and let's go over to Tony, who has a review of Mrs. Knott's Chicken Restaurant at Knott's Prairie Farm. First off, I want to let everybody know that this location is 6.6 miles away from Disneyland. So it is not that far away, and there is a reason, even though it's not a Disney restaurant, why I'm reviewing it and sharing it with our listeners. And I know I think all of you guys have been there, correct? Yes? Not since I was a kid, but yeah. Oh, yes, That's many sad. times. Not that since makes last sad. weekend, so. Well, yes, okay. <laughs> but um, So first let me give you a little history on why this, well, it's chicken dinner, what's Plaza Inn as chicken dinner, and Tom will discuss it later. But um, <laughs> we, um, 
It's it for Knott's Berry Farm. It's it's a bigger deal, the chicken dinner restaurant. And uh, just on a personal note, before I get into the little bit of the history, um, in San Diego, a few times I remember one of my childhood memories as a kid, and I think I might have shared this before, was us driving up from San Diego to Buena Park just to eat the chicken dinner and go back home. And you can do that without going into the park because it's kind of got this famous Southern California story, and I'm going to share a little bit of that with you, but not the whole thing so you guys understand what the, the point is. So in 1920, the Knott family moved to Buena Park and began farming on the land where Knott's Berry Farm is now located. About 12 years later, Walter Knott started propagating the new Boysenberry, named after his friend, Rudolph Boysen. Interesting. Then in 1934... In an effort to make extra money during the Great Depression, Cordelia Knott began selling her very first chicken dinners on her own wedding china for 34 cents. Three years later, they expanded and opened a genuine restaurant, which served that Thanksgiving 1,774 chicken dinners. Wow. Even though she claims that I'm not in the restaurant business, which is kind of funny. Within the next 15 years, as the dinner's popularity grew, the name of Knott's Berry Place was changed to Knott's Berry Farm. A hotel from Arizona was relocated there and opened, and attractions began being added, such as the Covered Wagon Show and the relocated Denver and Rio Grande Railroad. And then that begat more rides and more rides, and the rest is theme park history. So that's how this little chicken dinner place out of their house turned into Knott's Berry Farm, the theme park. So... It is kind of a piece of Southern California history and Orange County history. And yes, the chicken dinners are that famous. So there are plenty of people I know that that's where they go on their birthdays. Remember, you don't have to be in the park. You will have to wait in line. The reason why I think, well, of course, you can see I love this place. And I haven't used the word fresh yet. And um, part of it is the nostalgia. I know I just did. And the nostalgia I have for it. And the fact that it's close, it's right down the street from my school, and it's easy to get to. To me, it is such a good value. It's worth the six miles of driving if you have a car because for $15.90, this is what you get. You get – you start off with – oh, you start off with biscuits. Tom, now you cannot complain. Those were the great – those biscuits are amazing. They were pretty good, yeah, and plentiful. Okay. <laughs> yes, they they bring you fresh Baked small, tiny, fresh biscuits that with their, and they have the Knott's Berry Farm jelly, and you can get more and more and more. So that once your stomach is full of the spongy biscuits, you can't eat anything else, and you still have <laughs> all these other courses to get, which is actually good because I've never gone except for the time Tom and I just went last weekend without bringing something home. I just think it's such a good value. But for fifteen dollars and ninety cents, you get either creamy chicken noodle soup. Or cherry rhubarb. Wayne, do you want to discuss the rhubarb or no? Yum. You you wouldn't think by its name that you would like this at all. And the flavor is, it is so unique and wonderful. Tart, tangy, really, everyone who tries it, I think, winds up liking it. And I know as a kid, I never got the rhubarb. Ooh, no. And then as soon as I had it for the first time as I got older, oh, I'm getting this all the time. They put so much exactly. sugar in it, it's it's like candy. So you get either chicken noodle soup, which is what Tom got. Mm-hmm. How was it? Was it chicken noodle soup? It was actually good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. The creamy chicken noodle soup, I've always gotten the cherry rhubarb. So you get that. Then you get a mixed green salad. You get cabbage seasoned with ham or sweet kernel corn. 
the biscuits we've already discussed. For dessert, you get, I know I'm kind of going out of order, but for dessert, you get a choice of boysenberry pie, apple pie, vanilla ice cream, or boysenberry sherbet. And then the actual chicken dinner itself is chicken with mashed, fried chicken with mashed potatoes and country gravy. Okay. That's a lot of food. And a lot Especially, of, you get like, what, three pieces of chicken? Yeah. And you get, and, um, that's a ton of food for, if you're thinking theme park, and I'm thinking for 15.90, what I can spend at Disneyland and what I can spend at, for this chicken dinner, 15.90, you will take food home. So if you're driving back home, that might be an issue because there's no refrigerator for you to put it in. But if you have a refrigerator in the, um, in your hotel room, I would, I, it's, you just get so much food. I, and I'm not saying it's, it's good. I love, I love it. I think it's very good chicken. I like everything about it. It's served on plastic plates. So it's still, it's not like, you know, like a nice, uh, fancy restaurant. And it's very kind of, um, what's the word Tom I'm looking for? A very, uh, like assembly line. They come out, okay, oh, yeah. this or this. Do you want this or this? Do you want this or this? Cause most people that go know that that's kind of the routine. They have a full menu with tons of other things. They have chicken pot pie, roast turkey and dressing, chicken and dumplings, which I had, which were really, really good once. But that was it almost felt sacrilege for me the first time I went there and didn't order the chicken dinner. Because as a kid, I remember, but I'm not exactly sure if this is just my lack of memory as a child, I thought you could only get the chicken dinner at one point. And then, but they do have a full menu. They have a lighter side menu. They have baby back ribs, pot roast. But it's it's called Mrs. Knott's Famous Fried Chicken, the traditional favorite. They have the traditional um, dinner, and that start that's served beginning from 11 a.m. to closing. You can fill yourself up on so much biscuits. This is my issue. That you could <laughs> you take, have a biscuit take, issue. Oh well, they're so good, and then they just expand in your stomach after drinking a beverage. That then. After, you know, you just get them and you're hungry and you're getting, the, you're eating the biscuits and you're eating, uh, do you want more biscuits? Sure, I want more biscuits. What are you going to say? No, they're hot and fresh. And then you're like, oh, I just realized I still have to have soup and rhubarb and corn and chicken. Like, you kind of forget because you're so excited for the biscuits, or at least I am. Um, but, and they will allow you when you're taking stuff home, did you want more biscuits to take home? Like, they're really pushing the biscuits. Um, however, there, when we went, Tom, <laughs> we did when we went. Okay, I've been multiple times. I've always had really good service and really prompt service. We went the day after. I'm cursed. Yeah, we had really. We didn't have good service, did we, Tom? No, we didn't. Well, and I, I was apologizing. Let, let, let me was, rephrase it. It was it was slow service. Yeah, it was the slowest I'd ever been. Well, you guys went on a, on a special day, didn't well, you? Well, yeah, it was, it was Thanksgiving yeah, weekend. But, but. but but they know how to do this. They crank it out. I mean, it's their thing. It's their thing. They know, and you they're because they want to get you in and out because there's a line, and you usually have to wait. Like on a weekend, you might have to wait thirty minutes to an hour. Now, does That's everybody, even including big groups, have to wait? Yes. Um, you can make. We we called in advance and. Reservations. You can make reservations for parties of twelve or more. But yeah, well, you, it makes sense. You, you have to wait in line, and they have a marketplace that you don't have to go in the park, and you can park. You get three hours free, so you don't have to park and, and pay for parking. So you can park, walk, walk around. If you have somebody nice enough or dumb enough to wait in line for you, <laughs> that's, what are you but, trying to but, say? Yeah, but well, no. I meant like if you had a big group, and we okay. didn't have to wait that long. No. But I'm used to waiting at least a half hour. 
it's kind of it's I know I'm speaking so nostalgic for this place, but it's kind of just what you do. Wayne, you've you've been and you've had to wait in line, right? Absolutely. And it's just part of the thing. And you wind up doing the the whole theme park thing. You talk to the people around you. You watch all the activity that's going on. It's not too bad. And they have this great big wooden bench that you can sit on, too. It's cool. Yeah, once you get – yeah, because part of the goal – I'm almost to that wooden bench. Yes, I get to sit down for my three or four or five minutes until they move me up. But they, <laughs> it's, it's a real big routine. When we went, we read really – slow service and i kept having to i kept apologizing to tom because i say oh you got to go here this is so great and okay sorry it's normally not this slow it's normally normally not this slow and then to be honest okay, i've had it multiple times the chicken we had this time wasn't fully like it wasn't as crispy as it was it, it was it, sitting there it, it was sitting it had but i tr- trust me trust me tom because because mathematically okay, my gravy had a skin on the top. Come okay, on. but that's, oh, that's we had, okay. That's because we had slow service. I'm going to go with the math. Okay, that's one out of fifteen <laughs> times the percent's low for you. It's one out of one, so yeah. it's a hundred. You need to go fourteen more times. Okay, and then see if you have that bad. We did have a not as good of an experience as I was hoping for Tom of this place. And I was even like, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Like the, the fried chicken had been sitting and it wasn't as crispy as it normally is. But usually when it's really busy, they're in and out and you're getting it and it's fresh and it's hot. And so I think that I have to say this was not one of those times where you say, well, I hope it's better. I know it's better. I blame you, Tom. <laughs> That's the, that's the well, only just, thing. Just say it. Just put it right out there. Yeah, I think it's your fault. I really do. I don't know Tom? what you did, but I'm gonna, I got to blame someone because I could never blame myself. So, Tom, do you feel like a bad prom date at this point? <laughs> well, I'm okay. just going to leave that one alone. No, he liked, he liked the corsage. He was fine with the corsage, but he then he complained to me. So we're you know we get to the dance, and then he complained to me about that it's a wrist corsage. And I'm sure, he tries to take me to the like, hotel room, and I have, yeah, and I said you know I don't think we're good. You so, guys have such a special relationship. Yes, special. Okay, but back back to the actual food. I'm gonna Did have you to, both order the chicken dinner. I didn't let him see this was I I was the bad prom date. I let I made him order. It. I'm like you've got to get the chicken dinner. Okay, but did you get it too? Yeah. Yeah, we both had. So yeah. you ordered for your date is what you're saying. Yes, I did. I ordered for him. I said, Tom will have. As any good man would, I mean. Yes. And as he kind of looked at me, not sure, I looked at him with a stern, yes, you'll get the chicken dinner. So, and he then did he, let me get the, he Tony, did let me get the soup instead of the rhubarb, but. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead, Wayne. <laughs> Tony, have you tried the, uh, the other entrees? I've had chicken and dumplings, which I thought were awesome. But then again, I have, I have to. nothing to compare them to. But they were really good, and the chicken was the real fright. What I noticed about the chicken and dumplings that I had a time ago was that the chicken, you could still taste the fried chicken part of the chicken, even though the chicken had been taken off and there wasn't skin on it. But you could, there was the flavor of fried chicken in the chicken and dumplings, which I thought was really good. And I've had the country, um, I think, chicken fried steak, which I thought they had. I'm checking the menu that I borrowed, quote-unquote, from them, did they have chicken? I fried love a good yes. chicken fried yeah, steak. Yeah, yeah, I love chicken fried steak too. And as long as you get the biscuits, everything's good. But I saw I'm going the biscuits. So everything I've had there is really good. 
the chicken I dinner. Tried the, um, I, I tried the chicken pot pie, and it also was on par. It, it, it also was wonderful, nice and flaky and full. And, yeah, it's, it is an amazing place. And back to that, which I should have made more clear, that $15.90 fee is for the famous fried chicken with all those sides, the chicken pot pie, all the same sides, the broiled chicken breast. Now, why do you get a broiled chicken breast if you're going to get a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of biscuits with jelly and all this other stuff? But um, roast turkey and dressing, chicken and dumplings, and a catch of the day, those are all the the part of the main meal. For, so for $15.90, you get that as the entree with the salad, the corn, or the rhubarb. I mean, the, the soup or the rhubarb, the corn, the cabbage and ham, all that stuff. It's all um, – and the dessert. I mean, they give you dessert. I've hardly ever gone there and eaten the dessert. I'm always taking that home. Because there's just so much food. And that's kind of what I keep going back to is if you're at Disneyland for 15.90, even with the gas, you're going to get a lot of food, which is historically good. And our time, it was still good, but it wasn't as good as it normally is. That's a great deal, I think, for a theme park. $15.90. And I keep saying it over and over again. But and part of it is you've gone to the they if you look at Knott's and Wayne, back me up, it says America's first theme park. It is. It, it is. is. So, and I know us Disney fans and I know that's how I did when I went to Disney World. Nope, I'm gonna stay in Disney and I'm not gonna go off and Disneyland's yeah, kind of felt diff- like I was cheating. It did, didn't it? Well, yeah. and especially with the whole date the whole prom date thing. Oh yeah. I know it was a it was a bad breakup recently for you and, and all of a sudden I swoop in to take you to prom with a corsage and everything and take you to chicken dinner. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So um it really it was just for the chicken dinner. <laughs> but, oh my um, heaven. <laughs> I started. <laughs> yeah. Nancy, you couldn't have stopped this. I know. <laughs> It's like the train wreck that keeps on plowing down the. Floor. You know that kind of hurts that it's a train wreck. I I find I think of it as no, I can't think of anything. Else. Um, but um, oh, I, there's, there there are more entrees you can get for this fifteen ninety. Kind of, there's a country fried steak. I didn't see the two columns. Fettuccine Alfredo with chicken because carbs with biscuits isn't enough. You need even more carbs. And um, a half, fat, yeah. yeah, a half pack of baby baby back ribs, pot roast, vegetarian lasagna. So all of those for fifteen ninety. You can get a lunch portion. But why would you? Who chicken restaurant to have vegetarian lasagna? <laughs> I know. See, I like it back in the day when you could only get the chicken. But um, yeah. they also serve breakfast. See, that's and what I've... I remember from a kid being a kid was just the chicken dinners. Okay, good. Because I was thinking that too, and I was wondering, am I just not thinking it correctly? Yeah, as a kid, it was chicken dinner, and that was it. Um, back also... in the early seventies. Yeah. Yeah. It was either it was. Um, and they have sandwiches for lunch and, and burgers and stuff ranging from like eight to ten dollars. Um, and they also actually have breakfast, which I've I've gone to for breakfast. It's an okay breakfast. It's nothing special. Do they special. serve their chicken at breakfast time? You know, I don't know because I didn't even think of ordering chicken at breakfast time. No, because it says the all day menu is served from eleven a.m. until closing. So oh, man. I know that would be cool for. There's nothing like waffles. chicken for breakfast, fried chicken for breakfast. Yeah. Um, it's that it's southerner that I have a little bit of in yeah. me. <laughs> so yeah, I it's um, I just think I like I wouldn't don't wake up early and go to Knotts before you go to Disneyland. Their breakfast is just average breakfast. It's a regular breakfast place. But I would if I was staying there for multiple days or driving through town, I would go just to say, hey, I went to the first theme park in America. And had what it all started with, which was this famous chicken dinner that was started by Cordelia Knott back in 1934. 
just for the historical piece. And you'll get a lot of food for fifteen ninety. So plus tax and tip. Yes, plus tax and tip. <laughs> tip so you don't have to tip at Plaza Inn. No, you don't. <laughs> but do you have do you have do you have someone pushing biscuits on you? No. It's it's like they're drug dealers. Not more at all. Biscuits? More biscuits? Do you want more biscuits? What and I'm sure those, they're much fresher and flakier. What is in those biscuits? I don't it's know. Probably the I, same crack they put in the Red Lobster ones. <laughs> oh no! Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. You cannot, Wayne, back me up on this. You cannot say Wayne uh, Red Lobster biscuits are even close to the Knott's Berry Farm biscuits. Oh, those are good biscuits, though. <laughs> oh, you guys so are we're really- getting way off track. <laughs> and, and and you're hurting me and the ghost of Cordelia Knott. <laughs> The Great Depression, she starts cooking dinners, and you're talking about Red Lobster, this corporate behemoth. <laughs> you know, Entrepreneurship and at its finest. I think, Wayne, you and me need to team up on this one, because I'm feeling this this like love affair with this Knott's Berry Farm chicken dinner, and they're just, just raining all over my parade. Well, see, I'll extend, it even, I'll extend it even one further is... You have to have the boysenberry pie for dessert. That's that's a given. But it really doesn't stop there because you mentioned the marketplace, which is literally right next door to the restaurant. And right next door to the the dining area is the marketplace bakery. So if you didn't get your fill of boysenberry pie, you can go get a whole boysenberry pie and take it home. Now, did you say that he that Mr. Knott invented boysenberries or yes. okay. created yes. boysenberries. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'll see now. Oh, now we're like okay, maybe he's not so bad. Well, I didn't say that. But. Okay. Yes. Well, and it, you know, most it, of our it, listeners, even if they're on the other side of the country, they've had Knott's jelly. And one thing that, and what he was talking about the marketplace, you can get every brand of Knott's jelly in that marketplace. And you have, I mean, you every can also brand. get the chicken dinner to go too, can't you? Yes, you can. Or and chicken I remember. To go, yeah. Uh, my father and I once, see, this is what we did when, as we drove from San Diego up to Northern California on a vacation once. Oh, let's stop at Knott's Chicken Dinner. And then we look at the line, we're like, okay, we're hungry. We got it to go and just ate it in the car because that's just. Ooh, that's a little roll. greasy on the steering wheel, but I wasn't you know, driving. it's a great that's, idea. Well, we didn't really eat it in the car. We kind of ate it outside the car. That's kind of sad now that I'm thinking about it. But um, <laughs> no, you can get the same stuff. Now, I do have to say, I've actually done this. Because I'm close. Once I was on my way home from school, I went, you know what? That sounds really good. I'm going to get a chicken dinner to go just for myself. It wasn't as good. The biscuit, I was disappointed because the biscuits weren't as good. Because they weren't getting brought up fresh, 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 fresh. I'm, not, I'm sure they share the same kitchen, but it wasn't, the biscuits weren't as good to go. The chicken was the same. And the there's a lot never- of food that, yeah, there's a lot of food types that if you Fried chicken is never the same once it sits for a little bit and cools down. As that Tom found out. Yeah. See, I don't yeah. understand these people eat cold fried chicken on picnics. I, I've never gotten that. So I would, I would say, especially if you're a regular Disneyland goer and you've never done it, you have to do it. You have to do it just because it's just because, the history, because I said so. Exactly. That's how I got Tom to order the chicken. Tom, chicken. With the face, and he's like, okay. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the lunch portion. He's like, No, 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 no. You got to order the whole dinner. I said, you got to order the whole dinner. This is what you do here. Because I remember, like Wayne and uh, um, Nancy remember, back when we had no choices. When I was a kid, you could only <laughs> order the chicken dinner. So, yeah. Please. And they didn't have kids' meals either. Ooh, I don't it remember. It was chicken dinner. 
Yeah. No wonder no my one parents had kids' meals in the seventies except for Howard Johnson's. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. So yeah, give it a shot. I think you'll be happy with it. And I think some people will turn it into a okay, every time we go to Disneyland we're gonna do one night go into the Knott's Berry Farm chicken dinner and coming back. Now I want to go back to get it one that was better than the one we went. Yeah, you, you got to. I, I I need a redate. Yeah, well, we'll see. I need a do over. We'll see. You haven't called me. I wanted to go. You with didn't you get guys. The, you didn't get the flowers. Weekend. I really no, did. No, I didn't get the flowers. I didn't. Maybe I. Maybe this is all just a big misunderstanding, Tom. <laughs> now here's here's one more touring suggestion. Since you mentioned, you know, making this essentially a side trip on your Disney vacation. A lot of times, Knott's will offer a discounted admission after 4 p.m. So if you get there and you don't want to spend a whole day on your arrival day at Disney, come over to Knott's, have a late lunch at the chicken dinner restaurant, get into the park for a severely discounted price, and spend the evening at Knott's. It's a great idea. And also, I was one thing I forgot to mention, it was the idea of... You do not, if you're scared of freeways, you do not have to go on the freeway to get to Knott's Berry Farm from Disneyland. You can go surface streets the whole way. So Six point, what is it, Mike? Six point six. I, Google Maps says 6.6, 6. 6. <laughs> 6.7, but I'm sure they're doing it exactly from, like, the yeah. the castle to the, the arena. But, yeah, six miles. And you, can, you don't have to go on the freeway. There you go. Excellent, Tony. Thank you for that review. And now we will move over to Nancy, who's going to talk about some of the holiday things going on in Southern California. Oh, my God. I don't know how I can top that in entertainment value. (laughs) Well, okay. Thanks for that. And we'll... (laughs) (laughs) You know, but let me go ahead and try. Okay. Feel free to chime in if you've done any of these activities or if you want to share anything further, because... One of the things, you know, so many people come to Disneyland on their holiday vacations and, you know, frankly, the crowds in the parks or they want to see something else or they've, you know, had a bucket list of things they wanted to do if they ever made it out to Southern California during the holiday times. I thought, you know, what the heck, if you're touring Hollywood, if you're touring anywhere else around Orange County, why not take advantage of some of the extra holiday um, events and activities that would make your stay a little more fun? So let's start off with the things that are farther away from Disneyland first, and then we'll move closer to Disneyland for the people who don't necessarily run a car. The first thing I thought of was... What is classic, classic Los Angeles? And you can't get any more historical Los Angeles than Alvera Street. And I did a piece for that on the main show a long time ago. And maybe one of these days, all of us should go there together. But they, it's the... Tom? Yes? We take the train to Alvera Street. From you Disneyland. can. It's right across from Union Station. Maybe. <laughs> It's right across from Union Station, and it is actually the first settlement of the city of Los Angeles. And it's officially called the El Pueblo de Los Angeles Historical Monument. And they host an annual candlelight processional called La Posadas. Now, if you're not familiar with um, Mexican and Latin American culture... I can wait. I have to interrupt, because I finally, finally... 
get to correct Nancy on a pronunciation. Oh, good, because <laughs> it's Las Posadas. Oh, I'm sorry. Las I forgot the S. Yes. I forgot Finally. the S. It's right in front of me here. Best show oh, ever. Because you always correct me, and I'm always having to. D- Finally. I'm so Thank happy. you, Tom. Las Posadas. Las Posadas. I'll send you, you a tape Posadas. of that. So, do you want to tell them what it is? Um. Okay. For or do you want me I- to go ahead? No, what I think I'm, what I understand Las Posadas is, is it's reenacting Mary and Joseph not being able to find room at the inns. And so you go door to door and ask. That's kind of what I know. And this is a very um, big thing to do in Spanish, uh, traditional Spanish culture. So the Oliver, the Alvera Street merchants um, sponsor the La Posadas each night from December 14th to December 24th this year. They start everything off at 5.30 with um, entertainment in general, and then they break a piñata at 6.30. After they break the piñata, the processional um, goes through the the streets, basically, of the original community. It starts off at the um, first home in Los Angeles, and moves around, and they sing hymns in both English and Spanish, and then they finally end up at the merchant of the night who is acting as the inn. So it's free to the public. It's a lot of fun. There's some, um, you know, the piñata for the kids, and it's truly a traditional Los Angeles Christmas celebration. Now, while you're downtown you know, doing Alvera Street, one of the other things you can do is move on to Pershing Square right in the heart of downtown. And for 14 years now, they've been celebrating winter with the largest outdoor skating rink. Oh, cool. And it's fairly nice. It runs from mid-November. Um, this year it'll go all the way till January 16th. Admission $6. Skate rental is $2. And to accompanying that, Pershing Square also has what they call the 12 Nights of Christmas. And each night they have a different concert that's free to the public. And they even include a Hanukkah festival this year on December 20th, as well as a Kwanzaa festival. Um, so this, uh, this runs all the way through December 23rd. And the concerts are at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. each evening. Now, while you're downtown, if ice skating isn't your thing, you can visit the Walt Disney Concert Hall in downtown Los Angeles, which is home to the Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra. If you like a little culture, you want some amazing holiday music events, sing-alongs, um, Handel's Messiah, and even an organ concert. Have you guys ever seen photos of the Walt Disney Concert Hall organ? No. Where is that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is the new concert hall. Yeah. Yes, I have. I am dying to go. The organ itself is an architectural masterpiece, and they actually do a holiday showcase featuring nothing but the organ and a vocalist. Oh, how fun. So, yeah, there's some great things. You know, certainly check their website for the concert dates and prices. But it's a classic, classic holiday musical um, tribute. So 
leaving downtown, let's move out over to the beach. Um, if you want to go over to the beach, see Santa Monica Pier and their amusement park, which is the inspira- one of the inspirations for California Adventure, or even go shopping on the Third Street Promenade, Santa Monica also hosts an event called Ice in Santa Monica. And this is their version of the outdoor skating rink. It's open through January 16th, and admission is $12, which includes skate rental. A little pricier than downtown, but Santa Monica is a little pricier than downtown. (laughs) Now, if heading up to Universal or Hollywood is on your list, there's a bunch of stuff you could do and combine with a visit up in that direction. Now, Universal itself is hosting the Grinchmas. And this is kind of fun, actually. I'm debating whether or not I actually want to take the kids over there. The event features real snow, photo opportunities with the Grinch and Max. They have a show on the back lot called the Whoville Celebration. And they have a sing-along with that. And then also, this was the kicker, and I, I can't help but think about Epcot and how, how serene and how revered Candlelight Processional is and, and how our own Candlelight Processional at Disneyland is revered. Well, they have, every night, they have a Grinchmas tree lighting, and they have celebrity readings of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> nice. So... I, I just couldn't help but see the parallel in that. So now this runs this weekend, December 10th and 11th, and then starting on December 17th, it runs daily through January 1st. Is and this it's, new? No, um, I don't think so. I don't but, think you so. Know, I don't get it. Heck, I live three miles from Universal, and I never go. I've never heard of this. Um, but they do this in Florida. So I'm kind of not surprised with, obviously, we're seeing the amalgamation and, and condensation of, of items in both Universal Parks now, that I'm not surprised it's there. Now, of course, all this is included with park emission, just like all the holiday stuff at Disneyland. Um, but the one other thing that I thought was kind of funky about it is they actually, um, this coming weekend, they actually have the Whovilles Have a Heart Pet Adoption Fair hosted by Max, <laughs> the dog. <laughs> Not and what yet. are we adopting? Um, basically, they've teamed up with the Los Angeles um, shelters to provide pet adoptions. And Real Max adoptions. will actually give you Max will actually give you a paw printed certificate if you adopt from them. And it's like from noon to four that weekend, so So I just thought that that was kinda cool that they did a whole Max the Dog tie in for the holidays since a lot of people do, you know, get a pet for the holidays. And put a puppy under the Christmas tree and all that stuff. Now in the evenings, Universal has what they call Holiday at Five Towers up at City Walk, and their big Five Towers concert venue. They have that all set up with a 40-foot Christmas tree, and they have a brand new holiday light and music show, complete with snowfall. And while you're not busy getting your photo with Rockin' Santa, you can uh, hang out, enjoy uh, light show performances every 20 minutes, and the only day they don't perform it is December 20th because they have a Hanukkah celebration. 
So there we go. That's up at Universal. Just around the corner from Universal is um, is Griffith Park, which is, as you know, home to Walt's Barn yes. and um, that little museum. And it's also right next to Walt's Barn, there's Travel Town, which is Griffith Park's um, transportation museum, basically. And they have a holiday train ride and visit with Santa and... Their website has all the dates and times, and that's not bad. It's um, $7. If you buy your tickets online, they add an extra $0.50 cent service fee. But that's kind of fun, and you book a time, and you ride the train all around, and you go see Santa, and there's light displays and all that kind of fun stuff. Now, Griffith Park, it's not running this year, but in case you know, you're know you listening to this show next year, they do a, a thing called Lights of Winter, and it's one of those drive-through all these great light displays. Well, they do it also where you can, um, the first couple weeks it's open, it's only bicycle or foot traffic. You park at the zoo and you, you go back and forth. And it's sponsored by uh, Los Angeles Water and Power, but they've been digging up the roads in Griffith Park. So it's been kind of kind of rough so that's why it's canceled this year but anyway moving on forward there's shopping in that area as well and i just had to mention the grove and glendale's americana at brand the grove is at the la farmer's market and they have a lot of things like caroling and santa's village and brass bands and just all that kind of good stuff they also, um, the Grove and, and the Americana, since they're owned by the same parent company, they also have their dancing water show, and it's set to holiday tunes. And they're featuring this year 100-foot-tall Christmas trees, which are technically some of the largest Christmas trees in the world. That's bigger than the ones in Disneyland. So, and each venue is donating 5% of your sales receipts to the school of your choice while you shop, do your holiday shopping. So that's kind of cool. I didn't know there was another water show in the L.A. area. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the one at the Grove was so popular, and that is one of the neatest places to go Christmas shopping. You know, it's a lot of high-end stores, but there's Barnes & Noble and Crate and & Barrel and all that kind of stuff. But the feel with the fountains and stuff they when they built the americana in glendale which is very near the disney studios they they basically copied that same formula because it worked so so makes a couple really nice places to go holiday shopping now a couple things i just want to mention briefly because they're one of them has already passed, is if you're around in late November, like right around Thanksgiving, you can go up to Hollywood and see the Hollywood Christmas Parade. And I know, Wayne, you've had experience with that. So fun. Such a cool little parade. It's cheesy, but, you know, and tons of celebrities and just... It's fun, and, and it takes place right down Hollywood Boulevard, right in front of the El Capitan Theater. And, of course, those staying around the area until New Year's can also take part in the Tournament of Roses Parade in Pasadena. 
By the way, if you guys didn't catch everything, don't worry. There's going to be blogs on all this up on the website, www.disunplugged.com, with links to each of the venue's websites so that you can look around and plan your vacation. Now, I promised you we'd talk about ones in Orange County. And there's a couple extremely classic things to do if you're down in the Orange County area. Dana Points has already happened. But Huntington Harbor and Newport Beach and the Newport Harbor have the Boat Parade of Lights and the Cruise of Lights. And these are basically boat regattas full of amazingly decorated boats, um, full of Christmas lights and holiday spirit. And, of course, all the homes that are along those bays are decorated like crazy because they have competitions in those areas. And this is something that is an Orange County tradition. Huntington Harbor's been doing it for 49 years now, and Newport Beach has actually been doing theirs for 103 years. It is a tradition. I've done it. I've done one in San Diego, and I've done the one out here. Yes, that's a SoCal thing to do. And it's really cold on the water, so just warm. And it, now, Tony, have you done the boat cruises as well, or have you just the watched cruises. it from the? I've, I've watched it, and then we did. They had a similar one in San Diego and Mission Bay, and I was actually on a boat. Oh my gosh, that was cold. I imagine it was. Now, the one in Huntington Harbor goes from December thirteenth to the twenty third, and the one in Newport Beach is only from the fourteenth to the eighteenth. So that's just coming up next week. I've got links in here to companies that are actually offering cruises where you can either ride on one of the boats that's actually in the parade or you can cruise around the harbor before or after the parades to see the sights. So that is a very Southern California thing to do. Another thing that's really close to Disneyland, and I really want to focus this on focus on this on another show, is the Discovery Science Center. It's just a couple exits south of Disneyland off I five in Santa Ana, and for the sixth year now, they're off, they're um, exhibiting their science of gingerbread. So if you like gingerbread, you like cookies. Um, it's all about the creation of holiday delights. They have hands-on kitchen science activities, cookie decorating, and this is this is the cool thing. They have a gingerbread derby, so you build cookie cars and then you oh, race cool. them. Yum. <laughs> and and the then other, eat them. Yes. Yes, and then you can eat them afterwards. So, or if one, you make yours really appetizing, someone will eat it and then. You would lose, so I guess that would be a bad never mind. Ooh. If you make somebody else's real appetizing, then other people will eat their car and then you can win just by default. There you go. Now, one of the cool things that um, you can also see as part of this festivity is they have an annual really creative gingerbread competition. So the experts get together and make really cool gingerbread mansions, sculptures. Actually, one of them I just saw somebody post up on Facebook was a gingerbread at-at. Oh, oh cool. cool. And that's actually pictured on the on their website, which is linked in the blog. Going just a little farther south, and I'm going to try and go through these really quick. If you don't want to go up 
to downtown or the beach to go ice skating, you can do it at the Irvine Spectrum. That's just another few miles, again, south off of I-5. And they have holidays on ice in their giant wheel court. And their prices were pretty good. And they even offer um, toddler skates and helmets free on request for toddlers. <laughs> what about me? They have yeah, you can probably my do size. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. Irvine, Irvine has a lot of stuff for Christmas. They also have... The famous Irvine Park Railroad um, sponsors a Christmas train as well. So that's kind of fun, and you go through their village of Wonderland, and you go visit Santa. So that's that's fun for all ages, um, especially two and under are actually free on that one. Now, if you're in the mood for a little more sophistication and you don't want to go up to the Walt Disney Concert Hall, the Festival Ballet Theater at the Irvine Barclay Theater is presenting the Nutcracker this year. And they have guest dancers from the American Ballet Theater, the Pacific Northwest Ballet, and the Joffrey Ballet joining them. And it's fun. this event is kind of fun because there's also about 100 Southern California children that also perform in it. And that's now through November 24th. For those who want a couple other shows, the South Coast Repertory Theater has a Christmas carol, and they recommend no children under six, just as an FYI, because they may be frightened by the ghost, and it's theater policy. The funnest one I saw, and this is just, I'm going to end with this one because it, it kind of touches me to the heart because it's one of my favorite movies. There's a national touring company that started on Broadway Irving Berlin's White Christmas, the musical. Oh, wow. And that's going to be at the Sergstrom Center for the Arts in uh, in Orange County. And follow the link, because I've been there to see The Lion King, actually, but I can't quite describe where it is and how to get there. But I went to their website, and their website is super cool, and the music is some of the most classic mu- classic music you'll ever hear and ticket prices start at $20. So that is a whole host of things that you can do that are easy to get to from Disneyland and you know it would really enhance your Southern California vacation. Thank you for that Nancy. That'll do it for this edition of the Diz Unplugged, and that'll do it for the Disneyland edition for 2011. This is our last show of the year. We are taking some time off. We'll be traveling. We'll be celebrating the holidays, and we'll be back with you after the first of the year. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. Happy Happy New Year. Thanks, everyone.